Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today I wanted to talk to you about how our children, we often think of us sometimes as an extension of who we are as adults and as people and vice versa. So this whole conversation today will be very beneficial to you if you're a parent. However, you can still benefit from this even if you're not a parent because it might allow you to see how you have allowed your own parents to really control what you've done in your life. And I don't mean like they tell you what you can or can't do as you're an adult, but the way that they have shifted your path and what you've chosen to do in this lifetime. So let me explain what I'm talking about. What I mean by this is I have seen, having raised two kids, all growing up and through school, there were parents whose kids always were the top players on the team and got the best grades in school, and there's nothing wrong with that. Believe me, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I happen to see with my own kids and all of the peers they went to school with was that there were certain people in their class that would stop at nothing to get their kids like to be on the number one spot even if it meant like coaching the team and always putting their child at the number one spot and we'll do whatever we can for our kids let's face it we all want to do that but I've seen situations where kids were forced to be in sports. And this even happened in my own family. Like I was guilty of this for a while too, of putting kids in a sport they really didn't want to play and just making them do it anyway because you wanted them to be successful. So let me talk about my own experiences because I am as guilty as the next person of wanting the absolute best for my kids. And being a little bit short-sighted about what that really means. For me, having and wanting the best for my kids meant that I worked, 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 worked to make money, to put money away for college, thinking they would go to college. And if they wanted to go away to school, I was all for that because I didn't get to do that. And playing sports was important because I also really didn't get to do that. I played softball one year. And, you know, it's important to realize that a big part of why I didn't get to do those things was because my mom was a single mom and was working and there just wasn't time or money for those things. But then in my mind, I wanted my kids to have all the things that I didn't have or that I thought I didn't have. So I worked really hard and then put them in sports Now, there had to be a limit because of finances and time and all of that. They couldn't be in every single sport they wanted to play, but they could pick. And what I learned was, you know, my daughter very early on picked basketball. They both picked basketball, and they played it in this little, it was like a church league. It was upward basketball, and it was a great little thing for foundation, but it wasn't, 
It's not like those competitive leagues, you know, someone got an award for being most Christ-like, and we, you know, we kind of thought that was funny, that, oh, what does that mean? Um, For my son, he got the award. It meant that he didn't defend the player very well. He didn't guard very well. He would just give the ball back whenever somebody took the ball from him. So it it wasn't competitive. It's just, it was teaching some foundations of the sport, but really it was more about sportsmanship. So they did that, and they loved that because it wasn't very competitive. It was more fun than anything else. And then we moved on to a select team. Well, we did the YMCA, which was a little bit more of a step up and was competitive. And they liked that, too, because it still wasn't, like, super competitive. There was still some aspect of teaching also sportsmanship and things like that. But then they moved up to a select team that was, you know, created in our our town, to feed into the program for the high school and the junior high. And my son did one year, and in one year we knew, like, this was not his sport. He, the way he ran down the court and just, I don't know, he was very distracted and not really doing what he was supposed to do. We laughed. You know, we thought it was funny to watch him. I mean, he, I think he had fun when he was out there on the court, but he decided, yeah, this really isn't my thing. And we sort of all agreed that that's probably true, even though he ended up being over six feet tall. We're like, yeah, it's probably not your thing. And he chose baseball, and he liked that much better, and he did well in it. And my daughter chose basketball. She liked it. She decided she wanted to play it. But her love of the game shifted because it went from being this fun thing that she got to do and that she was pretty good at and excelled. She was really good at shooting threes, actually, to being something she hated because she had a coach who screamed at her and basically told her she wasn't aggressive enough and really ate away at her self-esteem. And we, she really, she kind of hinted to me that she didn't like it, but she didn't really come right out and say it as she would tell her dad but not me and I kept driving her everywhere all over the place for these games and going and doing all of these things because I thought that this is something she enjoyed but also I kind of enjoyed living vicariously through her because I didn't get to do these things and same thing she played softball it was the same thing we went to her games and drove her all over for that And she just got to a point where she said, you know, I don't enjoy these games anymore. I don't want to do this. And I was so, like, shocked at first. Like, what do you mean? How can you not want to do this? You love this. It's like, no, Mom, I don't love this. You love this. And really, honestly, there were parts about it that I liked. But if we're being real and honest, I did not like driving all over the place and how much time it consumed and money because it was expensive. And I said to her, I was like, well, why didn't you tell me sooner? We could have quit doing this a long time ago. You know, she decided she wanted to play tennis instead. And it was like, I thought this is what you wanted me to do. And I realized in that moment that there are a lot of times as parents that we inadvertently, sometimes it's overtly, but many times it's inadvertently, we give our children messages that we're disappointed if they don't do the thing that we want them to do. And with her, she got this message that I was disappointed in her if she didn't play basketball, which couldn't be further from the truth. I didn't want her to give it up if it was something she liked. But we came to a point where I realized 
she didn't like it. So she quit and then decided to try tennis and she ended up loving tennis. And she's just one of those kids that can just pick up a racket, pick up a, a, you know, a baseball bat, anything she picks up and she just knows how to do it like right away. It's like intuitive for her that she's pretty athletic. And it's really not for me. She did not get that from me. That probably had to come more from her dad's side. But um, even in going to college, you know, I wanted her to be able to go away to experience what I didn't get to experience because we had an older brother and he went away to school and it did not work out very well his first year. So we were told, you're not going away. You're going to complete schooling here, basically, so we can make sure you don't flunk out or do anything stupid. And, of course, my sister and I just accepted that because, you know, we couldn't pay for schooling on our own, so my mom had helped with that. And in the same way, I wanted her to be able to go away to school and experience all of that, and she did and didn't have a great experience and ended up coming back halfway. You know, she finished her first semester and came back and was like, I don't want to go back to that school. And I am, of course, the person who really believes that you need to be happy in life. So I said, of course, you know, we'll figure it out. But I've been realizing through each moment how I've possibly been inadvertently giving them messages that they need to do certain things or be a certain way because they're an extension of who I am. Like, if you don't get good grades, it looks bad on me as a parent. If you don't do this, it looks bad on me as a parent. And what we have to realize is our children have their own journey that have really nothing to do with us. They have come here to experience their own life. And I think that as parents, many of us, we get too personally involved. And you're going to say, what do you mean we get too personally involved? Those are our kids we're supposed to. What I mean is, though, is that we can guide our children. We can teach them right from wrong but we can't live their lives for them. We can't plan what they wanna do, what they wanna become when they get older. And if school isn't their thing, instead of looking at it like you're embarrassing me because you're getting bad grades, we need to look at that differently. Like maybe school just isn't your child's thing and that's okay because honestly, traditional schools right now, the way that the schools are set up, a lot of kids are set up to fail. And it's a problem because schools are not transitioning and shifting fast enough to catch up with the way that society has transitioned and shifted. And that's just a societal problem. But it's not a reflection of you as a parent. And I think a lot of people think that. I mean, I have a lot of parents who will email me like, I'm so embarrassed that my child is missing work or not doing this. And the first thing I always send a message back with is don't be so hard on yourself like this is not easy we're all trying to figure this out and it's true we really need to remember that our children are not a reflection of us and they're not an arm of us in other words they have to be who they are and they have to experience their own lives and as much as I with my kids growing up, wanted to shield them from all the bad things that could possibly happen to them, I couldn't. It wasn't possible. And instead of saying, oh my gosh, you know, 
that's a reflection of a failure as me as a parent. And we sat down and had this conversation. And my kid said, there's nothing you could have done because of the way that the system is set up. Even if you had tried to step in and do anything, if you had known anything about it, which I hadn't known anything about what was going on with them when they would go to their dads, even if you had known, what could you have done? Because you tried to go and intervene before and you went to court and they basically said you were the bad parent for taking him to court because it looked like I was picking on him. So we can try to do a lot of things to steer our kids on the right path or steer them where we want them to go. But the point is that that's not our job to tell them what they should be doing and to give them a path. Guiding is one thing, but telling them, like I remember my mom saying a lot, like you should just go into teaching. And she would say that when I first wanted to go to college and I I want to know part of that. I'm like, I don't want to be a teacher. That's a horrible career. You don't get paid very much. I ended up going back to it anyway, but it had to be on my terms. You know what I mean? I had to get there myself, but she tried to steer me that direction a lot. And I think that many of us are a result of that, of our parents thinking that they're doing what's best for us, but actually trying to tell us what path we should be going down, what experiences we should have. I work with clients all the time who married the person their parents thought they should marry or who didn't marry somebody because their family didn't approve. And now they have those regrets, like, I really wish I would have been with that person. I was happy with that person. Or I wish I wouldn't have married this person because I'm not happy with this person. But they do it because there are certain expectations that we have for our children. And we need to stop doing that. We need to start realizing that they are their own person. And that what happens to them when they move beyond being with us is a reflection of the choices they make. And sometimes they're supposed to make those choices. Sometimes they have to experience things that we would consider to be bad or terrible. They just have to sometimes because it's part of their purpose in life, because it teaches them. You know, when I was talking about with one of my podcast guests, the adversities we go through in life, I love that she referred to it as not adversities, but she referred to it as a contrast. And she said, we have to go through contrasts in life because it shapes us to be who we are. And that's true of everyone. Everyone has to go through that. And your children will have to go through that too. It's part of the journey. All of our contrasts will be different. Some of us experience the same things and others do not. But we all experience something because it's what teaches us. It's how we learn and how we grow, how we move beyond where we are now. So if you're a parent, my advice to you would be to think about what you say to your kids and how you say it. And a piece of advice I'll give you, and I I gave this to a client not too long ago too, I didn't realize that when I talk to my kids, one of the things that I do instead of just listening to them and hearing what they have to say, which the number one thing kids need, they need to feel like they're being heard. 
So kids need to feel like they're being heard. And I thought I was listening to them, but I was always listening with a possible solution in hand. So if my daughter would say, I'm having a bad day, I would say, well, here's what I would do. Instead of just listening and just saying back to her, wow, that does sound like a bad day. I'm sorry you're going through that. What else happened? We sort of mirror back to them what they're telling us as a way of letting them know, I hear you and I'm listening. But all too often we listen for the purpose of responding. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that parents make is that we don't actually listen to our kids. Because if you listen, they'll tell you a lot of things. And honestly, when I think back to when they were little, had I listened more, I probably would have caught on to what was going on more. But I was not that parent. I was the parent who was listening with the intent to respond to them, either to give them a suggestion or, you know, whatever, or a counter-argument. We need to be much better at listening with the intent of truly just listening so that our children feel like they're heard. Because what happens is we become adults then who feel like we never get heard and we never speak our truth because we think, well, what is the purpose of speaking our truth? We're not being heard anyway. So many of you who are adults may be sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, that was my parent. They always wanted me to go to this school. They wanted me to to study this particular material. They wanted me to marry this person. They wanted me to live here. And I did it all because we were supposed to respect our parents, right? But respecting your parents has nothing to do with doing everything they tell you. You can disagree with someone and still be respectful. When we don't listen to what we truly want and we allow others to tell us what they want us to do, we're ignoring our deepest desires and we are not speaking our truth, and that leads to resentment, and it leads to a lot of other types of illnesses. One example is if you have a blocked throat chakra, meaning you don't speak your truth, it can cause mental problems, things like addiction, someone who's quiet all the time and doesn't want to speak up, problems with decision-making, feeling like you have no authority, you can't tell anyone else what to do. You may have a tendency to be dishonest because you don't feel like you can be truthful about what your needs are. Maybe confusion about who you truly are. You might have difficulty expressing yourself or trouble finding words. You may always feel like you're being taken advantage of or that you're not progressing in life or in work or in your relationships and that you're unable to get what you want. And the physical problems it can cause, sore throats, laryngitis, swollen glands, thyroid problems, voice problems. It can cause gum or tooth issues. It's just a myriad of issues that a blocked throat chakra can cause. And the, the reason we experience that is because, for many of us, we felt like we had no control over what we were supposed to become when we got older. And we look to everyone else to tell us what we should do with our lives instead of doing what we wanted to do. So if this is you, maybe examining your life and looking at 
how much of your life is what you've made it and how much of it has been affected by what others wanted, maybe especially your parents. And taking steps to remedy that because I don't care how old you are, you can be 89 years old and wake up one morning and realize your life can be different. I read about a a 90-year-old woman who decided she wanted to run a marathon and had never run before in her life, like not a race or anything like that, and she just decided she wanted to do it, so she woke up and decided she was going to start training and taking the steps she needed, and then she ended up running that marathon, and nobody would have thought that she would have been able to do that at that age. Everybody would have said, you're too old. You are never too old. Your dreams do not expire. If you are 50 years old and you wake up and you say, oh my gosh, I've been living my life for someone else, all of it, then decide today's the day that that's going to stop. I'm going to start taking my power back and taking control of my life back. And if you're a parent and you're hearing this and you're thinking to yourself, well, I've done this to my kids. Today is the day to say tomorrow we're going to wake up and it's going to be different. Or I'm going to start right now. I'm going to start listening to my kids and really trying to figure out what it is they want. And I will guide them, but I'm not going to force them to do the things that I want them to do. I want them to experience their own journey. It's never too late. It's never too late. And I tell you, that's one of the things that I work with people on in coaching. I have people who come to me and they've either gotten in a marriage that they're no longer happy in because they only got married because that's who their parents wanted them to marry, or they're in a job, a career, they're stuck because that's what their parents said they should do. I even had one who was a family business. She's like, I'm stuck in this family business. You are never too old. And it is never too late for you to follow your dreams. I've worked with these people to help them get out of that relationship, to work on self-love and to figure out what they truly want and need in a relationship so that their needs get met and that they feel happy and fulfilled. I've worked with people on figuring out what their purpose is and where they might actually want to be in life and we develop a plan of action for switching careers. We first look at what is your purpose? What is your passion? And we try to merge those two. And then how are we going to get there? And then working on resumes and things like that to get them the better job. We work on all of that. So it's never too late. You can wake up tomorrow and realize that you want to create a better life for yourself and you can do it. I encourage you to be thinking about that. And if you realize that there are people who are consistently putting their own opinion and expectations on you as to what you should be doing, set your healthy boundaries. Start learning how to do that. Otherwise, you're just going to be resentful and angry. And instead, I want you to be happy and hopeful for the future because it can be amazing and you can absolutely have all of your dreams. All right, guys, well, I wanted to pull a card for you today. And the card I pulled is from Colette Baron reeds deck. It is the Seven Energies deck. And the card that I pulled is Endless Possibilities. It's unlimited potential, moving beyond limiting beliefs, and the filter of an unhealed past 
using your awareness to discern what is possible and having the courage to leap beyond even that. You look at the world through a lens of your life experiences, personality, and conditioning. And that filter determines whether you believe in an abundant universe of endless possibilities or various degrees of limitation and a finite range of options. When your expectations, unconscious or otherwise, are based on lack, it's difficult to see what is truly available to you. Today, ask yourself what you believe. Are there limitless potential outcomes to align your energy with? Do you know intuitively that there is more to life than meets the eye? And are you willing to act on that knowledge? As you believe, so it will be for you. As your energy will attract to match, or excuse me, as your energy will attract its match in the outer world. Conditions meet expectations. Either your world remains the way it is, in various forms, yet essentially unchanging, or you become more. Everything shifts as you open yourself up to a greater version of you and a more meaningful life, discovering opportunities that better reflect your true self. This is the nature of your dynamic relationship with the divine. Today, stand with open arms, knowing that you are stepping into beauty, into experiences that are potent and transformative. You are walking past the line that you and others drew long ago, leaping over what was and toward what will be. You are more than you were. Now, what is it that you want? The treasure is yours. You just need to believe it. All right, guys, I love that. Again, a sign and proof from the universe that you can have everything you want. You just have to take aligned action and see that there are unlimited possibilities available to you. All right, guys, I want to thank you so much for being here with me today. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. You can leave me some stars on iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give me is to refer me to others. Thank you to those who do that. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live Mondays at 630 Central where I do a free card reading on Facebook. If you show up for the live, I'll do a a special card for you. And also, if you want to work with me, I offer private one-on-one coaching sessions. I offer online courses, readings, past life regression, and Reiki. Simply go to melissaoatman.com. There you can purchase the session. And when you're ready, you can schedule with me by contacting me All of my sessions are done online through Zoom, so you never have to leave the comfort of your own home. I hope that you guys will have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. And you know, as always, I'm so incredibly thankful for each and every one of you. I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.